thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the Guard Frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 245 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, recorded on Friday, January 25th, and made available for download on Tuesday, January 29th, 2019, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ken Shadow. And they say Henry's a streamer, but he's not the only one. Right, Tony? That's right, Ken Shadow. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central, assuming we're on time, as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do, whether we're on time or not? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the big Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you will consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRidesPodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. And after that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, with more interrogation and intimidation. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Place up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get taken home with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Elite Dangerous has a new dot-dot patch for everyone, and the Distant Worlds Expedition completed their first community goal. No, this is not a repeat from last week. Cloud Imperium released Alpha 3.4.3 to the PU, and I haven't been here for nearly a month. (laughs) And I wasn't home for most of the week and thought about canceling the show, so let's just all lower our expectations for this episode, shall we? It's probably good advice for all our episodes. Yeah, for all, for all episodes. I mean, take what you'd normally expect and then just like, kind of crank it down just another skosh, and I think that's where we're going to be at. So uh, just real quick, uh, Elite uh, released another dot-dot patch. This one really was more in the realm of uh, fixes and uh, and uh, crashes and stuff like that. No, no, I didn't see anything really major gameplay applicable uh, with it, but uh, another tune-up in progress. Henry was out in the deep black, though. You're on the you're on that uh, that distant worlds track. Oh yeah, it's great. Still enjoying that. Yeah, seeing a lot of people kind of fly through, which is cool because uh, you don't really see a lot of people when you're out exploring much unless you're on 
uh, this particular course. It seems like people pass me all the time. It's nice. Um, I actually just started uh, recording some stuff, and I think I'm going to start streaming some of the exploration because the planets are really, really... Uh, they've changed so much. So amazing looking out there. I spent like three days in the same system with 58 planets just exploring them. Uh, 58 in, planets in one system? 58 planets in one system, and it seems like there is every type of geyser that I still needed. Um, I'm using the codex to see what's been uh, reported in the, uh, I guess, the sector I'm in, and then using the uh, system map, I can see kind of what elements are on a certain planet and which ones have geological features, and I'm able to actually go and fill spaces in the codex, like plan a trip and go out and grab those. That's great. So it's never been that way in Elite. So you're you know, collecting... Elite, you, yeah, I'm just collecting data entries in the codex. You're collecting geysers like you would Pokemon? Yeah, absolutely. Collecting geysers. That's what I'm doing. But not just geysers. There are all kinds of things. Um, it's it's great. Most of them amount to a, a vent on the surface of a planet, but having a place to go makes a huge world of difference when I'm exploring an elite. And the, the UI supports kind of a, there's something here, come grab it and, you know, fill a hole in your trophy case, right? Is it is it that kind yeah, of a... Yeah, I'm able to actually okay. look at the right. codex, see that, uh, like, I haven't found ammonia geysers before, and I've, I, you know, what, what I'll do is I'll actually scan a system, I'll scan all the planets, get an idea of everything that has a geological site, and I haven't found any biological sites at all. Just uh, geological sites. So any of them that turn up, I find out what's there. Then I check the codex to see if I've seen it before. If I haven't, then I'll go to the planet, surface scan, and go and grab it. Um, I'm really able to fill that out a lot, though. I'm surprised how fast I'm filling it up. Well, so so Ken Shadow is sort of like you know, a wink and a nod with the whole Pokemon thing, but that's kind of how it is. I mean, that, it's that awesome. seems like it's yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like a gotta collect them all thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. The old not quite a joke is, um, you know, Elite is a collection of mini games, right? And and and, exactly. and and Pokemon, hey, it's it's another mini game mechanic, you know, for many things. Right. Well, here's right, the thing. Right. Like, it, it, looking at the codex initially, I thought, here is a discovery that I've got to travel two thousand light years to go see, and this sucks. So, trying to use the codex that way to like see what's been found and then go to it where it's been found is very difficult unless there's something you really want to see. Like, I've been on my way to uh, see the collared pods for, like, a month now, trying to work my way out there. Um, that's difficult. But just looking at what's in your area and trying to see if you've discovered it yet, it's a much easier way to use all that stuff. So I've really kind of changed my approach, and it's made it a whole lot more fulfilling to find a system that I can, can find the pieces that I need in. Um, it's the first time I've been looking for pieces in Elite and cared if I found them, wanted to find them. Because I've never done the grind before. I've never tried to find parts or any of that stuff. I just go out and explore. Now I have something I want to find. It's great. So par pardon, my, pardon my ignorance here, but um, is there an additional motive for filling up your codex other than simply filling up your codex? You get paid for codex entries. Um, I have hundreds of thousands to collect in codex entries. It's not like a lot of money. Uh, I'm more interested in the, uh, you know, seeing the little blue icons on the codex that say I've confirmed these formations exist in this sector and that kind of stuff. Uh, but you do get paid for it. it. It adds to your exploration and all that. So for people that are trying to grind something, yeah, I guess you get something out of it. For me, it's just I'm filling spaces in the codex. Somebody finds something that's cool. I can go and look for it. I can be aware that it's out there. And I might even find something nobody's seen before. That may or may not have happened. I don't know. I'm not really paying attention. But I know I've filled up a lot of the geological formations on the codex uh, so far. I can't wait to find get to a station and dock and turn it all in. Mm. 
Hope I don't crash again. In fact, one of the videos I made, I crashed the hell out of my ship flying through some canyons. It was a bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to 84%. I am so far from a station. Well, you could get the uh, the hull seals, the new the new fuel rack. Yeah, I'll, the I'll whittle one out of bark I find on a planet somewhere. Like, no, I don't no, have no, that's a new player group. No, it's uh, a new player group. Oh, it's a new player group. Oh, I thought it was, called, uh, you're talking about getting the parts no. to fix myself. No, 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 no. It's called, they're called the hull seals, and instead of carrying fuel limpets, they carry repair limpets. Hmm. That's and cool. so and they're and they're and they're part of a crew that they're a new kind of a in player faction and they're kind of they took their inspiration from the fuel rats but they carry stuff to fix your hull. That's brilliant. So yeah, so the uh, if you got onto the I think if you get in the distant worlds Discord, I think you can get the hook up with those guys. Mm. So you know, and I think they uh, dispatched a core of people just for just for people like you, Henry. Maybe yeah. a little too close to the ground. I'll, those high G planets came up a little fast. I'll tell you what, this was like one point three Gs and I was I was just zooming through these canyons in my fighter and it was a lot of fun. I had no trouble in my fighter, I'm zipping around. I made this great video, you know, I made this great video, I'll probably share it with everybody. Um, so I made this great video, I'm flying through this canyon, and then I docked with my ship and I'm about to leave and I'm thinking, Oh, one more run and I go down and make one more run through the canyon, but I'm in my big crate this time and slammed. No. Like, I'm, I'm coming through a place I've already been through, and I just caught my, like, left wing and spun my ship around. Like, I was Ooh. out of control. It spun around. I was mad. I was like, oh, no. So my it's video ends with me going, run. damn it. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. And then 84% and no shield rings left. Uh, well, you get the shields back, but, uh, yeah, if you, need the, if you need that 16%, go find yourself a whole seal, and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll hook you up. All right, and in uh, Cloud Imperium news, because it's not CIG anymore, we got to keep remembering this. They've dropped the G. There are no more games. It's just Cloud and Imperium now. Uh, they have released uh, 3.4.3 to the uh, live server, uh, the Persistent Universe, and that comes with many bells and whistles, I'm sure. Right, Jeff? Lots of bells and whistles on the, the new Dot 3? Yes and no. I mean... I'm not looking for bells and whistles when I play. It's just it, I, I'm looking for bug fixes. So <clears throat> I was in Hurston and I walked around and, you know, a lot more movement, uh, a little smoother, but uh, not much a d difference to me. I don't know. Maybe other people writing in or would see more things. Yeah, more yeah, things. But, but I wasn't really looking for more things. This was not a feature-packed uh, situation, probably more just uh, optimization and smoothing and fixes. like you Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's nice. They did some ground stuff. I saw the Damar Rally is this uh, weekend, which is a player-run ground race. And they have a lot of uh, uh, significant, competent media uh, experts in that group. So you, if you, they have a really cool website and like a Twitter presence and like they had a super cool org booth at Citizen Con and stuff like that. So it is, and they have a cool logo. So Daymar Rally kind of uh, is kind of a pinnacle of um, player-run events in Star Citizen, and that's this weekend, I think, um, this Sunday. And uh, but I, I won't. I unfortunately will be flying. Will not be able to participate. So space NASCAR. Uh, no, it's more like it's, it's a rally, right? So it's more like. Um, Oh, Space Monaco? There you go. The Monaco Space Monaco. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Monaco Free. is like a... No, Le Mans. Is it Le Mans? Well, Monaco is like thing? the one that's in a town, in, in Monaco, like in a city, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. This is like a... What's the one with like off-roading and stuff? Yeah, I, no, I know which one you're talking about, and I don't remember which one it is. Anyway, it's probably something French. Um, yeah, they, they the French do all the crazy stuff with cars. That's true. Yeah. This is true. No, all right, so... Uh, do, 
but they're not. I mean, it just I, I was lazy this week. Okay, I say lazy. I was busy this week, and I didn't put a lot of effort into putting the show together. Well, there wasn't and a lot of news coming out of uh, CIA. Yeah, there just wasn't. I didn't dig, right? Right? I didn't dig. But I figured Brian has been skating on us for like the last month, and he has just, just ducked and avoided all of the controversial things we've talked about. And I don't think that's fair to Brian. I really don't. I think that I think that it, it, he's missed out on a lot of opportunities. And Jeff had Jeff said one thing in particular he wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, I, I'm still upset about this whole fan kit uh, uh, boilerplate that they stuck on. Sure, you know, a lot, a lot, this so is, there there are a lot of people that are upset about that part. I've seen that one because I'm. Uh, we don't even. Have, I mean, good. We don't have to bring it to speed. Good. Uh, well, on that particular point, I've, I'm I'm in a bunch of you know. Star Citizen fan communities that do like stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? well, you guys shouldn't do too much like, stuff without putting their brand on it and following all well, their rules. Well, so so you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go ahead and throw out there in that I'm not as offended, I guess, as some people are because like my fan stuff is almost was mostly physical, right? And so for me to do any distribution, I uh, I have been in regular conversations with. Cloud Imperium lawyers, right? Um, like my um, my card game, you know, that uses Star Citizen screenshots actually was approved by them and it has their approved wording in terms of this is a fan product, yada, yada on it. I even made up my own little fan logo and stuck it on there and things like that. So, um, you know, the fact that other people now have to do it after they're writing the, the same coattails, I don't, I don't feel too bad about. So what you're saying is it's your fault. That's what you're saying. You, you, you I didn't make up the rules. I didn't make up the rules. They pioneered the process with you. I, I asked the for process. permission, and they made up the rules. <laughs> I think that's See, different. that's the problem. Uh, what you were doing, you would expect to need permission for distributing a physical, tangible a item. A physical copy. This yeah. is more about us needing to put a stamp on it if we have uh, Spencer McDunn read the news. And, and I'm ridiculous. also kind of physically allergic to getting sued, so uh, that, that, that's yeah, a thing. that's good. No, but, but some of these websites that are kind of not not having to claim barely even to be fan sites are a little sketchy to say the to say the best right like i really like you know say starship 42 that's a cool project but the fact that they're literally just pulling data off out of the game and reposting it in some way it's kind of like you know shouldn't they have asked permission to do that and the, the, you know no, a lot of it's not just the only example there's a lot of websites that are basically redistributing 3d models and i think yeah they probably should have gotten the okay to do that Instead of just a blanket statement, hey, I'm a fan site, I can do what I like because I'm a fan site, you know, that's not, that's not, even if you're not making money, you know, it's still not legal. Right. I, and I think let's, let's draw, let's draw some, let's draw some lines here. I think Jeff was very upset and Henry was, and I was, you know, throwing my hands up in the air about fan fiction, about creating narratives based on concepts and places and, and characters or whatever set in the Star Citizen universe. Let's put that on one side of a, a line or a fence, and let's take stripping computer assets, you know, computer code or models, that in fact is the product of the company, right? I mean, the computer I think I think you stuff. have to draw a distinction between what, what the fan kit is and what you're asking for permission for, um, uh, you know, compared to what what people have been doing so far. So I think most of the fan fiction that you see posted right now, like if you post it on, post a piece of fan fiction on Robert Space Industries forum, I don't think the fan kit applies to you. I think it, it applies if no, you're going to no, be packaging, post, if you're yeah. going to be packaging an ebook and distributing it. I think it it does apply to you, and I think it should apply to you because it looks like a product. 
and and the same and and especially if you if you go to go to the links of actually charging for it which is what it starts talking about and if if you're going to be doing that i think not only you should get a you you should get explicit permission from them but the, you know you should feel confident that they may actually deny you now that said um i have talked to star citizen to to sig i can't i can I can't say sig on this podcast anymore not, i've talked to cloud imperium um before mm -hmm about publishing fan fiction because that was like one of the first things I was into and I've written I've written three or four short stories that are like you know uh, novel at length novel at length which I think is like 10,000 words or something like that and um, mm -hmm. but my intention was to get published uh, by them and um, they do provide somewhat of an outlet to get published into their jump points which is their official magazine uh, subscribers get for a monthly fee and on their potentially on their website depending on like what engagement they have with you so if you are a aspiring novelist um, that is actually a decent writer they will engage with you and potentially let you have a an outlet now you can't just write about anything they they intentionally say we need you to clear the story concepts and we need you to clear the the um, what exactly you're writing about, like what, techno what, what space technology and stuff in there, because they don't want to publish anything that gives anybody the wrong idea about the game. Like one of the, like for instance, I wrote a story and said, you know, okay, can, would you guys consider publishing this or can I, whatever, or I'll, I'll just give it to you. I don't care, right? I'm just a, I'm, I, don't, I don't want the money. Um, but they, they had problems like, because I had physical currency in, in the story. And they're like, yeah, we're, there will be no physical currency in Star Citizen. It will be purely digital. You know, and so like individual elements like that, they had to pick apart. And so for all of their stories, they want you to break down all the concepts you're using before you write the story so they can approve or deny whether, you know, this will actually be in the game. And this kind of goes to my point. I mean, Brian, you're one of the original super fans, right? I mean, back to the Wing Commander days. Sure. Doing, doing all these extra products. The, 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 the barrier to participation that something like this puts up is quite high. Right. I mean, it, but, it, it makes but, you... There's a lot of hoops to jump through. But 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 like, okay, what's the all? Okay, like if you're if you're like if you're like a super novice, right? Like you've never written a short yeah. story before, and you would like sure. to write a short story for Star Citizen, you still yeah. have a, a method of doing that. If you post it on their forum, or even if you put it in a text file and put it on their forum, no, none of Cloud Imperium's lawyers are going to come after you. They even have. And why is that precisely? Because they already have rights on their forums that you're agreeing to to use their forums, right? Because you've already given up everything to give them the story, right? To put that but out, you should there. not have any and expectation. So of, you should not on, have any expectation on. of selling a story that uses their IP without well, their permission. Anyway, I, this is not the problem. This is not the problem. This is this, and and I want to make this absolutely clear to everybody. I'm not a copyright expert. I have not gone to any great lengths to study. The intricacies and nuances. I know just enough to try to keep me and our little podcast and little podcast network out of trouble. So that's about that's the extent of it. So none of this is legal advice to anybody. It's for educational entertainment purposes only. Okay, there. I'm now I'm done. But the the problem is is that when you submit your original story or your original characters to a third party website like Star Citizen, Robert Space Industry. Uh, you are granting them in the fine print. You're basically surrendering all rights to that publication. They can reproduce it, uh, distribute it, blah blah blah, all this kind of stuff. Some of that they need just to post on the web page, right? They got to have that. But some of it is you put the first instance of publication of you know Bob the Spaceman. If Bob the Spaceman turns out to be a super cool character, arguably RSI owns that copyright to Bob the Spaceman now, not you. 
you made up that character. You made up that his his funny personality quirks and all this other kind of stuff. But since he lives on I don't know, pick a moon or whatever, uh, you know, he lives in Hurston. Uh, all of a sudden, he now lives only in the Star Citizen things. And if you go on to make a Bob the Spaceman novel, not set where you're where that is, theoretically, they could ask you for a piece of that. Theoretically, now would anybody actually do that? Even if it's not set in their universe anymore? Uh, yeah, I know it's a stretch. I know it's a stretch. I'm very aware that it's a stretch. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is the sort of technical ticky-tack stuff, which is why it's fine to post a Bob the Spaceman story set in Hurston on their website, but why it gets complicated later on down the road. Yeah, and, and that's and I think I personally think that's fine. Like, what are the odds that they're going to steal a fan character, make a bunch of money off of it and not cut them in? I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's the. That's that not saying that's the scenario. I'm saying the scenario. Is, it, I'm sure it does. But, <laughs> well, it, but those usually those companies usually have to pay in terms of of PR when it does. And and and, oh, and, yeah, and that makes a big difference to the Star creators. Citizen. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and Star. We all know that Star Citizen has never ever paid a PR price or any bad decision it's ever made. <laughs> not, you know what? They they've never done. They don't really do disservice to the fans typically, though, right? It's it's usually a. Uh, uh, what? Hey, most of the PR issues that Star Citizen has are are like feature slips and things like that. There's not really, like, like oh they f***ed over somebody, you know. Uh, I mean, except for some instances I don't want to talk about, but 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 there are. I mean, for most most cases, that's not really a thing, you know. The 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 idea though is that the barriers to entry into this have been raised to a certain extent, and. Any and Henry's point last week was that any time that you sort of discourage people from doing it, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little. And where it was it was a little wild west before. How has the how has the bar been raised here? Like what 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 do you think that what 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 does that bar look like now? Well, he won't let me do he won't let me do GPR in Star Citizen now. Why do you nope. say that? Because I have to go get permission from them. Don't you have to just claim it's a fan product? Yeah. Why would I want to do that? You can't say it's a fan product on on at, in the in the in the tagline at all. You have to read a bunch of boilerplate. Yeah. This is a work of fan fiction. All characters, places, events, ships, and ships designs, other content originating from Star Citizen Squadron Forty Two, or other content produced or created by its publishers and developers, are the property of Cloud Imperium Rights LLC and Cloud Imperium Rights Limited. Okay, Jeff. Now you can read the story about the gang fight on Hurston. Yeah. And we don't want to yeah. say the story about Spencer McDonald on Hurston because then they might own Spencer. So, <laughs> I mean, un- that's no, that's, not, that's unlikely because true. Spencer was prior publication. I see. Spencer's prior no, publication. No, no, that's so only that's only an issue if you're publishing it on their website. But the point, but my point, my point is, is that this is our show. This is the thing we do for fun. We, you know, we haul our butts. For, wait, hell, Jesus, you're like 14 time zones away. Right. I mean, there's barriers to participation already that we sort of overcome. And I don't need another one. I don't need another one on, on, on this, our labor of love that we do. I, eh, no, it's, it's easier for me to piss Jeff off. Sorry, Jeff. I'm not going to we're not going to do Spencer McDonough Galactic Public Radio in, in Star Citizen right now because you know why? Because I don't feel like it. And number and it would make it would be, it would be stupid to break up the newscast or whatever with that. I don't want it. I don't, I don't feel like it. Jeff and I are going to go no, make there. our own podcast. Which is fine. You guys go do that. That's okay with me. Je- and Jeff, you know what? Jeff, and it's going to be... I'll even explicit. license... It's going to be explicitly Car- erotic. 
And that's, that's, that's <laughs> all right. Yeah. I was about to say that our, I'd be happy to give you a, a, a non-exclusive license to use all the characters we've created, but now no. No. <laughs> I will not be nothing no no guard frequency trademarks or or concepts shall be associated with such blatant uh, well you know we'll blatant. just make new characters that are that are legally distinct like Spencer McDong and uh... <laughs> and they won't be on in and see they'll be in uh, and teeth <laughs> yeah, yeah okay yeah that, don't oh nuts now they're now they're covered under parody and satire oh great now now they're completely immune from me and my legal machinations ah Way to go, Henry! Given all the good ideas. All right. Well, anyway, so that was that was weird. Jeff was upset about that last week, and we've got some feedback on it this week. There's also another aspect of this that I didn't even it didn't even dawn on me was that all the streaming streamers that are, are streaming in game and getting money by the number of people that are watching their stream, and and yeah, if you times that by a hundred or two hundred people. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of little pennies that you're. I think they have a, spe- a separate thing. That's for that. been argued separate thing. about though yeah. in games though since streaming became a thing is that they're like oh you're making all this content off our games and it's like no we're promoting your games people buy them because they like watching them um, and that 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 was like a big legal thing years ago wasn't it? Uh, they had I think streaming might be a separate sort of category. I didn't I didn't uh, I. I had I didn't get into into that and get mad about it because you know quite frankly I, I thought it, the other thing was controversial enough and I could shout about it that enough. So I was thinking when you were talking about PR, uh, that's probably why CIG dropped the G from their name. They they released games from their name. Now they can say they've released games. They they've dropped it from their name. Bad joke. I tried. <laughs> I, 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 I was laughing on the inside. I tried. Yeah, that was that was hilarious, Henry. I was working on it. Now, do it's we know? You know, they. My guess is that they, they, um, Chris Roberts and this, and and I think this kind of maybe goes back to the fan kit as well. Um, is that the, the the intention of these IPs is not just games, right? Like his intention was always for it to be an entertainment property, um, and this may be a stepping stone for what their their plans are post game release with Squadron Forty Two. Um, I mean, his his original intention back in uh, 2012, 2013 was that they would do the games, right? Get those out. Those would be like kind of like the entertainment seeds. And then they would do parallel properties, meaning like uh, television shows and uh, and things of that nature. And so if they're putting a little more restriction on like on, on where the fan content can go or, or, or basically it's not really restricting it per se, but. I think they they want to be explicit now with the people that potentially are confused between like really well made fan content and uh, and and, and uh, cloud imperium official content, so that you know if they have a legal battle later on, like like some people, you know, they may look at bulkheads and think, hey, you know, bulkheads is really well done. This is obviously from the developers themselves, right? Because you can't do those things in game, you know, people that that don't know that you know those people pull in those assets into CryEngine and do all the stuff manually. They, they may they may they may think that Bulkheads is is part of the the Star Citizen universe and you know it's part of Squadron 42 or something and 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 it makes sense for them to say we need an, we need a way to legally distinguish these things and force people to say 
hey, we're not official. And as we were saying earlier, as, as I was saying earlier, that there's, I think there should be a line between sort of people just sort of fooling around on the web with some fan fiction and stuff like that, and then people who are using game assets, which are in fact the product of the company. And when you when that that's definitely on that other side of that making line. making the distinctions is like that you know in very fine detail is not what my experience with lawyers is you know it's it's safer for most How many lawyers have you known way too that's many way do. too many lawyers in the <laughs> I, I, I I sell IP for a living to a degree right yeah, it's, yeah. It's, oh sure it's computer IP we, but, we live on but at the end of the day on these distinctions but the end so of the day you know it, as broad as you can make a statement to to cover your ass as a lawyer is the is the is the plan of record for most people and you your point is well taken here because what you want to do for people who are not lawyers and interfacing with your product is you want to scare the bejesus out of them so that they don't touch anything without your permission right i mean the idea is that you want to draw the big bright line and make it absolutely clear that unless you are on this side of it you could be in trouble right and that's and, and that's and, where and this I, stuff I comes very in. well expect you know and it's all it's kind of worded like that for a lot of reasons um uh, primarily to cover their asses retroactively, right? Because 99.9% .9 of the time, people are going to like drop this fan fiction, not put the display disclaimer on it, and Cloud Imperium's not going to be sitting sending a bunch of, a bunch of cis and desists around because they're not looking at the like massive volume of these things coming out. But if something becomes really popular and people start getting confused, and or the creator starts charging uh, a lot of money for things, you know, or making a significant amount, and then Cloud Imperium can come around and say, hey, you violated the terms of use, you know, we can claim ownership of this now. Except they owned it anyway. I mean, they already did own it. I mean, that, that's, and that, and this is, this is, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to Henry's point. The idea is that the only people are, the only people who are going to care about this are the ones that actually bother to read it, right? I mean, the ones that are actually into the game and they're into and they care if about what you, if what you the follow the fan does. kit and do what it says right and then and and publish something right what cloud imperium owns is explicit in that statement like the actual trademarks and the like right and they can't claim ownership over the actual content that you published unless you did it in a specific way that lets them do that you know what there's I mean? still that breaking Correct. everything up to read their boilerplate message that kind of stuff God, a lot of things like, that are from it's like well, fifty words. Who cares? We do get called out about Me? that in feedback too, so we gotta we gotta hold off on that one. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll get on that. But but I mean, but but the problem the problem for a podcast is one thing. The problem for a fan fiction is something else. If you want to have fan fiction off their site, and you want to just you have a have a, a a place where the editor guy doesn't come down on you, that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, that if if you if you are abiding by the terms and conditions. They can, for any reason, if you use a, a planetary reference, character references, aliens, you know, uh, their symbols and stuff in the, the graphics and the fan kit, if you've got that on your website and they don't like something that you've written or someone, a contributor for your website's written, they can tell you to take it down. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I think, you know, again, you know, if you're, if you're like a one-off person, you know, and you don't plan on, on monetizing your content, then you should just work within the system but if you're doing some sort of big aggregation i think you should be asking for permission anyway and again th these are things like like your brian's own example if you're going to be making a big, big production prudence would have dictated that you contact them and do this anyway my point and I'm, i think henry might might piggyback on this and maybe jeff is that when you put it out like this 
the small guys, some of them, a certain percentage of them, are going to be either intimidated or frustrated or whatever and just go, you know what, never mind, I'll go do something else. And that, and that, and it, it's it's going to operate on tiny slices and it's at the margins. I understand that. But it's just the I it's just the concept of putting stuff like this out there. And for good reason, they got to keep control of their IP. I get it. But Star Trek did the same thing and it made made some made some people less happy. And that's okay. Cuz we don't have to be happy all the time. But we also don't have to do creative things for them if we don't feel like it. And I don't feel like it anymore. I just don't. It makes me sad. What we really haven't heard, though, is how you feel about the whole uh, corporate investment part. You missed that whole scenario. Did you want to chime in on that at all? That's I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it, um, mostly because this, these aren't the first investors. Um, I mean, I think I said before, I've met the other I've met other investors that invested in millions of dollars before this thing even launched. Not quite as much, obviously, as the current the new investors that have a large percentage of the company. Um, but this, these are not the first investors that, that Cloud Imperium has taken. Hang on. Well, time out, time out, time out. Hang on just a second. Are they actually shareholders? They aren't shareholders. No. Well, that's my point. Those were not okay. investors. So then they were contributors. Those are not investors. They're funders, yeah. but they're not investors. Investors own a piece and get a say. Funders. So how do we, how do we, how, I, I don't know what their contract look like. looks like. Well, that's the thing. They, is there a contract? Did they just, <laughs> is, are they under the they same contract as me buy, who gave them 40 bucks or 80 bucks? They did not buy spaceships. They they bought they gave them like millions of dollars before the crowdfunding started for a for a uh, some sort of contractual obligation in the company. It was it was an investment. Now it could have been structured like a loan. It could have been structured like a uh, um, some minor minority share type. Um, I don't have the details in that. And we've talked about other people that have divested, like literally divested from the company too. But um, sure. this is not, I mean, I don't mean like sold their spaceships. I mean, they, like they put money in and then got money back out of the company. And I, you know, there's other, there's been other people that have, have gotten stock in the company and the company has bought out that stock. So that is very possible that these people also got bought out before the uh, recent uh, UK transactions happened. Uh, it could also be that they own stock in portion of the U.S. company and not part of the U.K. Um, I don't know, but um, I do know I have met people that have put that have invested in Star Citizen prior to the crowdfunding. So this isn't a new concept, in my opinion. Well, good to know. So it's never been really a crowdfunded game ever. Really, not a hundred percent. It's never been a hundred percent crowdfunded game. No. I mean, if you want to think about it that way. Chris Roberts put his own damn money in this. You know, how do you think the first demo got made? How the, the website was all Chris was was partially Chris's money too. Practical upshot is that there's always been people with millions of dollars invested in this thing, waiting to get their money back, and the whole right. thing we're doing it for fans is yeah, it was kind of fiction from the beginning. Well, I mean, the story. You know, the bit. story of Star Citizen, right? Like why it exists. Is it, yeah, he that? shopped it around. Nobody wanted to. Yeah, it, it he was, shopped it around. Well, no, 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 no. He shopped. He shopped a Wing Commander sequel to EA, and EA's right. like, and they didn't want it. absolutely, we want this. But here are, here are XYZ restrictions and timelines, and Chris is like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, we're not going to do this without putting you on a leash. And he's like, okay, well, I'll do the exact same thing, but not call it Wing Commander. And he tried to shop that around, and that didn't work. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sucks when somebody else has control of your IP. <laughs> 
But I'm, oh, I'm sorry. But okay, I'm, well, I'm sorry. But I'm, but I'm, okay, all right, all right. All right, well, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's not the end of the world, and good things are going to come from it, like timelines, right? And some not-so-great things are going to come from it, too, like uh, they've maybe taken some shortcuts on the whole fidelity thing, and they have to take extra special care of their IP now because they've got other people watching. So, I mean, there's going to be some good fallout and some bad fallout from it, but and we'll, we'll see more of that unfold as time goes on. And now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Important legal proceedings are taking place on Akinar. We go live with Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. I'm broadcasting live from the Spectators Gallery at Senate House at the Imperial Capitol. A number of media outlets have been given sound suppression equipment as well as a feed from the Chamber's audio system in order to provide analysis and commentary during the upcoming trial of the Imperator. Has the Imperator arrived on the floor yet? Uh, No, but he is expected shortly. However, I've been told that every single senator in the Empire is here in person, which rarely happens. Even with the widespread adoption of the frameshift drive, making a trip to Achnar little more than an afternoon jaunt for most of the... Wait, I'm getting word that... Yes, Duke Queso Mordanticus, the Imperator, has entered the chamber. Well, Smooth, is he restrained? He is, Spencer. He's shackled at the wrists and ankles, but still dressed as a noble and walking under his own power. Uh, uh, And everyone is coming to their... uh, Accompanied by Senator Denton Petraeus. She's approaching the throne at the head of the... uh, Wait, uh, oh, she and Petraeus are walking down to the Imperator. This is highly irregular. This No emperor walks down to the Senate floor. She... Wait a moment. She appears to be saying a few words. Oh, my God. Petraeus shot him. A single laser right to the head. Wait. You can't be in here. I'm live on the radio. Smooth. Smooth. Are you there? Uh, I'm, here. I'm here, Spencer. Um, Several members of the Imperial Guard appear to have entered the gallery and uh, executed a number of high-ranking nobles and Imperial officers. Uh, I can see where I'm standing, standing, well, cr- crouching, actually. Uh, uh, Senators Paul Vespasian and Eloise Winterstone have been killed, uh, along with a number of others. Well, who else has been killed? Is he, is the em- emperor safe? Uh, yes. Oh, I've, I'm, I'm being informed that my broadcast license is being suspended temporarily. Uh, so, so for Galactic Public Radio, I'm so Thanks, Smooth. We hope to hear from you soon. Professor Katian Rook of Vitadine Labs has invited alliance firm Neomedical Industries and federal company Vandermeer Corporation to build prototype manufacturing facilities for production of the new nanomedicine technology. In a statement to the media, Professor Rook said, quote, Vitadine Labs lacks the infrastructure to mass-produce nanomedicines. So we have invited two pharmaceutical companies to bid for a distribution license. The company that puts forward the most convincing proposal will secure the contract. End quote. Finally, the disappearance of actor Consuela Knight and the crew of her yacht is causing fear of commercial space travel. 
what started as a few rumors broadcast by noted conspiracy theorist Flint Firemaker LaFosse has migrated into mainstream media. Speculation of a hyperspace Thargoid weapon or consumption by ravenous far godlike deity has started to impact interstellar shipping and tourism. The ship manufacturer Sal Kruger reports a slowdown in sales of customized luxury yachts, such as Ms. Knight's. Astrogator tours turned in poor quarterly earnings, which caused a drop in stock prices to record lows. GPR has not been able to confirm any of the rumors and has had no comment from any of the scientists or engineers dispatched to her ship. Until the next turn of the world for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. And who gave you bad product then? Look, look, I, I. He told you. He told you how I do this, right? He told you how I do. He told you I get my product, right? I don't remember, did he? I don't think the he did. Paper. <laughs> oh right, the paper. Something about a flat thing made from plants. Uh, that, that he just sort of like really goes limp and starts that. laughing. <laughs> you know, are you, are you, do you still want to keep him pinned down or? Yeah. Okay. He goes, you, no one understands. No one gets it. These old things, people didn't always have computers and sometimes the computers broke and sometimes AI went crazy and sometimes... You know, people want to just have something physical that can't, can't be hacked. It's called paper. It's called paper, okay? And you you make you make colored spots on the paper, and that means letters, and the letters tell you where to go. And sometimes you draw lines, and those are maps, okay? You know, it sounds exactly like a, like a computer screen, except more boring. <sighs> yeah, and it, yeah, and sometimes it makes you rich. Okay, look. My granddad came across a big stash of really, really old stuff, and he didn't have any money, and he, I didn't have, and he had no trust for any governments or anything. So instead of having putting it on a network where someone could hack it, he wrote it all down. And when he died, he gave it to my dad. When my dad died, he gave it to me. And so whenever I need a little cash, I just send somebody out to go retrieve something. And then, and I don't give them the coordinates, I put them, I write them down in another piece of paper. And then they go get it, and they go find the stuff, and they bring me back one of the crates. Every one of these little crates are in a different spot, because my granddad hit them all in different places. So, th this crate that came back was broken, but how the hell am I supposed to know? Everything else has worked before. Everyone's been happy before. Inside again? Good. I'm bad this, at these insight rolls tonight. Yeah, you, you believe know, part, everyone. Part of them, yeah, you believe. Well, I mean, Fairly. and part of the problem is you, you got the guy like half Nelson on the floor, and you can't see his face. I mean, you know, he's he's talking yeah. away from you, so it's it. He sounds great, but some of the some of the cues that you'd be relying on to see if someone's lying, you know, you just you can't see. So far, he seems pretty legit. Okay, so how would I get in touch with this guy that supposedly screwed you over? 
Remember why Clev sent you. He wants the paper? Clev wants the paper. Okay. Sorry. It's all right. I just don't want you, I just want Clev to be mad at you. That'd be bad. So, how do I get some of this paper? Uh, what, you want to go? Oh, you want to go? That is a great idea. That will solve all my problems. I will give you two. I will give you two of these coordinates and you can go get go get a new one for Clev and then get another one for not killing me for you. This will solve everything. This is a brilliant idea you've just had. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he is clever. That's a better insight roll. <laughs> Eight plus three is eleven. He, he he genuinely relaxed when you said these things, and he actually is like he's like he's sort of like lolling his head around. You're like, oh, oh my god, oh my god. Now there's a really easy way to you know, kind of see if this story is checking out. You could ask him to show you the stuff, because you know, theoretically that stuff's around here somewhere. You have to show you the papers. So where's this old stuff that probably shouldn't be working anyway, and I don't know why anybody would want it? Honestly, I don't exactly really even know. The paper has coordinates on it, which I guess space people know how to use. And so I just just give them the pieces of paper with the coordinates on them, and they go get them. Okay, uh, out of character question. So these pieces of paper were passed down from his grandfather, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I was about to say, how did he, how does he even know what the coordinates are? Okay. I thought he was writing them down on the paper. Well, it. no, he like, he like, he like writes them down on like a new piece of paper, right? He doesn't, he doesn't give the, the stack of whatever okay. to the guy and just go, you know, like to give away the whole store. He gives away a piece of the store at a time. So you like know. these, these, these weapons are like half a century old. You can ask. How old is this stuff? Well, at least my granddad's age, he died, what? 45 years ago and he said they were old then so i don't know i mean they're old though they're old how many of these caches did he have a lot it kept him it kept my dad sort of you know alive and fed for a long time and you know it's not doing great for me because it's got to last i'm getting down to my i'm getting down to the kind of the end how many are left well if you let me up i'll show you uh, I kind of let him up, but I'm keeping his arm pinned behind his back. That's good enough. He walks over to uh, the sort of the kitchen area and opens up a cabinet and opens up a tub of space Crisco and uh, <laughs> and, and reaches it because, you know, everyone's got space Crisco. In the, she in should the grab that for Shiv while she's yeah. there. <laughs> in case he gets into combat later. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, re- he reaches into the space Crisco, which is a little gross, but then he sort of like, it looks like he grabs like a hidden like plug or a pull and yanks out like an inner tub of Crisco and underneath there you see flat white things that <laughs> are kind of crinkly. An inner tub of Crisco covered in Crisco. What's that? <laughs> an inner tub of Crisco covered in yes, Crisco. Yes, yes. It's, it's Crisco all the way down. Except at the very in, bottom in, in of the, the business, Crisco. In business we call this Crisco-ception. <laughs> it's got a really strong grip to be able to hold on to Crisco inside Crisco. Well, it's, it's, it's Crisco inside Crisco but then inside the Crisco there's a Crisco covered pull tab so that I mean, he gets he gets some purchase on that. Yanks up this sort of inner container, and underneath there are some crinkly, flat, whitish, yellowish sort of like I don't know sheets, paper like stuff. Yeah, it's weird. 
So he, he my character's never seen this before. Yeah, so he, he, he pulls it out and sort of waves it at her and says, "See paper." And so then he kind of then he that's what all this fuss is about. Huh? So he, he drops he drops the he drops the Crisco thing back in and then uh, like you know sort of wipes his hand off on the towel and, and, and opens up the paper. And you see about, you see uh, roughly, uh, it looks like two, two folded sheets, two, there's two sheets together, and you see about uh, 10 lines per sheet uh, and, and uh, the, with basically a string of coordinates. And you recognize them as uh, basically planet to, or, uh, galactic coordinates and then uh, some uh, planet name, uh, planet designations like, you know, uh, uh, 4D would be a moon, and 5 would be just a planet, and then uh, latitude, longitude coordinates after that. So, how many of these is he showing me? There's two pieces of paper, about 10 lines per entry. Okay, yeah. so he's only showing me two of them. That's all there is. There's two pieces there, oh, yeah, there's okay. two, two pieces of paper, 10 lines per entry, and, and, and that's what he's got. So this is your last bit, huh? Well, some of these we see we're down. He sort of like counts down to like number eight on the on the uh, first page, and he goes, "This is where we left off. Uh, this is the last one. This is the one that was broken. This is the one like for Clev. This is the one that was broken." And so then there's these two on this page, and then this second page, and that's all that's left. And it's got to last what me the rest could, of my life. What could I roll to possibly try to remember those numbers later? Uh, you could roll a. Well, we'll show that. We should. We should do that. Yes. But this is memorization, and these galactic coordinates are like. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, roll just a. Uh, roll. Roll perception, and then I want you to roll a. Uh, a computer. Because if you're familiar with like lines of code. <laughs> uh, okay. Not one on perception. <laughs> yeah. Um, go ahead and try. She knows they're in space. <laughs> she knows the coordinates okay, are in well, the Milky Way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is this in the galaxy somewhere? I think these are in the galaxy. Okay. So oh, you need a ship to get there. Oh. <laughs> okay. So yeah. You, uh, you, no, I figured I'd walk. You, you manage. You manage to sort of like get hit, uh, like uh, sort of like you know get him to slide the paper across. So now you have both. Uh, both papers in full view and you can actually, you can legibly read all the numbers. Now you have to try to like not be terribly obvious about memorizing two, you know, one and a half sheets full of numbers uh, at the same time within a short period of time. Go ahead and roll, and this is not going to be an easy one, but go ahead and roll a uh, computer on that one. Uh, again? Uh, I'm sorry. I already rolled oh, you already it. Rolled it. Uh, it was 8 plus 3. 11. Oh, I thought that was your, I thought you spent a karma to roll your perception again. I did not. Do you want me to do yes, that? Yes, you need to. Be, you actually need to, be, need to be able to see it first. All right. Sorry. I that's okay. That's okay. All right. So you spend another karma okay. and go to ten. Okay. Again, the whole thing that that applies. So you get it spread out. Okay. And I'll tell you, the eleven isn't going to work. So you need to roll computer again. Do I need to spend a karma? No, no, no. You don't need to because it's all out of order. Yeah. All right. Well, that yeah, was worse. The, so an eight and eleven isn't going to cut it because these are like little tiny numbers and there's a whole bunch of them and there's two full pages of it. Um, and so, and he kind of, he kind of catches you sort of like staring a little too closely at it. So he shuffles the paper over and then sort of folds it back up again. And he goes, you can have two. All right. One for Clev and one for you for not killing me. And he sort of, and he gives you the, he hand, he holds out the paper that, you know, the first date he said were used up and he gives you the one that has two left on it. He says, take that and you'll be able to do it. And I'll tell you what, uh, I won't run away. So you know that it's legitimate. I'll be right here waiting for you. So you know that I'm giving you the good stuff and you know where to find me if, if it doesn't work. 
Some say he invented a way to fill up many small glasses with booze at once from two different kegs, and that it's called a double-barreled shotgun. But all we know is he's called the shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Oh, that was so lame. <laughs> last week's that was better. One. Yeah, last week's was better. I still yeah. am going to go redo that one, I think. It could be t- i got to tighten it up. A recap of last week's community question. On a scale of one to Jeff, how mad are you about the fan fiction requirements released by Cloud Imperium? And are you getting out into the deep black with the Distant Worlds expedition? Ken from Chicago writes in and says, I haven't followed the hashtag Sarsis and lore that's been released since I switched to spe- since it switched to Spectrum. I know an AI generation ship disappeared, but that's about it. Well, Ken, you're you're like five years out of date there. Uh, so I lack the knowledge to create fanfic for, for it or another generic hashtag space opera tales in the verse. One out of Jeff's stars. I was hoping to follow the hashtag distant worlds to travel along either a hashtag YouTube or hashtag Twitter. The photos have been nice. Ironically, I was tempted to write some fanfic for it. I just love the concept of a myriad of hashtag space convoy ships exploring the galaxy. Hashtag wagon train to the stars. Rocket ship, rocket ship, rocket ship. Thumbs up. Lastly, general feedback, no. Hashtag stars this and introduced ships and iterated on them. They introduced flight models and iterated on them. They introduced animations, stations, moons, planets, and iterated. But female avatars are too precious to include until perfect? No, not even. They've even had female characters since the first Constellation and Cutlass ads. The initial Star Citizen Marine teaser featured a female Marine. The Moro tour two years ago had female characters. And yes, they were in PCs. But they could have been PCs. While hashtag CIG iterated years ago. And what has six years of waiting to, for the perfect female avatar to be included in hashtag Star Citizen led to? They were copying the female avatar onto the male avatar animation and tweaking it until they can do direct mocap. In other words, they're adding female avatars and iterating. P.S. We usually pair long life with gaming knowledge and wisdom. That's why the immortal one is so often correct, a.k.a. Jeff is right. <laughs> With age, a seven or six year wait seems minimal, but it's not. For, for once, every hashtag super blood wolf moon, hashtag Jeff was unduly influenced by Tony into misspeaking. <laughs> Laughy cryy face. <laughs> you telling me I tricked it? Wait, yes. so yes, you did. So I yes, tricked you Jeff. Did. Is that what I, is that what we're saying here? Okay. Apparently, I missed some puns in there. What did I miss? Or pins? So, pins or puns? Well, one of the controversies, controversy we talked about was that there is that they uh, rather than doing a female male cap session, they're taking the male animation and shrinking it down to the female skeleton. So, uh, and our conclusion is that. They've got a window until release, and doing redoing the mocap and then put, integrating stuff would put them past that. So this is a this is part of the brave new world of having investors and deadlines. Uh, is that they're gonna they're gonna cut a corner here? 
that's the conclusion that we drew. Ken is saying, well, sure, but that means they're just going to iterate mm-hmm. on it. I think our point was that it's not really an iteration, it's a replacement. So, mm-hmm. And this is this would be at, least, be at least the second time they replaced uh, animations because they had to break everything a while back and then redo mm-hmm. it all. So. The female avatar, though, is still shorter, right? Capturing the female animations was never the problem. That was not the that was not the holdup. The holdup no. was was rejiggering all of the ships and like seats and things. The 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 thing worked with to work with the new height, right? That's that's the limiting factor in this regard. So that's why that's why they didn't do this earlier. That's what that's what goes back to an earlier show we did where we were arguing about. Or I got upset over the fact that they were only there was only going to be one body type. There's going to be one female body type, one male body type, because they were too lazy. That uh, every other game seems to to be able to do when it comes to character generation, and the way they sit on a horse's ass or or flying. No, that's not fair, Jeff. Like it's it's not because they're lazy. It's because the interfaces are diegetic, right? Like when your character oh. sits in a ship, you're actually seeing through your character as eyes, right? It's not like totally new different geometry. And when your character raises their arm and has their Moby glass on it, right? People around you can see the Moby glass, right? And and that's that's why it is cuz they don't they don't uh, they don't fake it. They right? can still have so a different they, body type. There maybe not different heights very much, but they still you could, have different You body could type. make you could make give people punches and stuff like that, right? Sure. You could have you could you could you could have um, some thick some thick some thick girls, you know? I think that would be fine. As long that as the, the thickness doesn't change. The rocking world go round. Well, see, that's that's <laughs> like my point as here is it seemed like you're it. dismissive of Jeff's comment, which I think makes a lot of sense and maybe Jeff was a little aggressive about it, but you know, his point that they could have done some different body types and then you're kind of dismissive about it. they couldn't have they had can't six years no, and 200 million bucks, man. They could have done some different body types. I don't think Jeff saying they're lazy is wrong. You can't change their height. That's the point. You know, you can sure, you, you can you can have a you can have a bus slider and a Conan dong slider if you want, but you can't. But changing the height is exponentially more work for them. Sure, I want to point out that it's not being lazy. I want to point out that that second slider name is copyright Guard Frequency 2019. <laughs> okay. It's it's the, 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 the second slider. slider. That's right. That's and that's now that's now ours. We own that. Lazy's too our, aggressive. Our Lazy's that. too aggressive. But he just means he he wants more customization options, and I get it. I think there should be a plan for more. I, 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 I understand, and I don't disagree with customization options. And that's maybe they'll add some again. You know, a chest slider in the future, but they can't add. It's but them changing character heights on in most games. Is literally is is not much work, right? Because it doesn't change how you sit on the damn horse. It does change, like exponentially, the amount of work that goes into like cockpits, right, and where your eyes land on like reticles and stuff like that. It's much well, that's different. That's what adjustable seats are for. It's not, but you know, it, but but okay, like yeah. say your say your seat goes down, right? Because so your eyes will be lined up. That means your hands are different. Your hands land on the joystick differently. When you, your hand goes out to press the button and things like that, it works totally my, different. My car the has IK adjust, works differently. My car has adjustable steering wheel and adjustable pedals. But they're dealing with they're dealing with with like with with dozens and dozens of cockpits though. Remember the part where Henry? The remember the part where Henry says when Tony says "shut up," Henry shuts up. Guys, enough. All right, because this honestly, we have been talking about it for years, and it's not going to change. That's but true. The fa- but the the strict, the strict, the strict, the, the strict 
sequence of events is they had to redo the character animations at some point for the, and they got the male in and then they're going to have to at some point redo the female with a new mocap. That That's where it's at. And rather than do the mocap now prior to quote release whenever that is, they're going to do it at some subsequent date. It doesn't seem like it's on the radar. It's not a priority. Again, this is more of an example of priorities shifting. You guys were talking, and it's a good discussion, and we've had it before, design philosophy issues. And we could go around and around on it all day. We love the game we're building, and if we had to do it, we'd let you be seven foot one and five foot four. But that's not the decision they made, and it's, it's it, the ship sailed. But going forward, I think that we can, we'll keep our eyes open for this. We may see additional prioritization choices that may have been different prior to a large investor. And I think we should keep our eyes open for that and have that discussion uh, again and again and again and again because it's good radio every time. Eleanor Rebel writes, but on the plus side, at least we won't get 50 shades of citizen now. And I think oh, that's yes, you what are. we're yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. You will. And It'll just Jed. have an official stamp on it. It's in pre-production right now. Actually, you know, if they, if we just claim it as parody, I don't think you even have to put the fan disclaimer on it. Oh, hell no. That's yeah, that, exactly. That's right. If it's parody or satire, you're 100% protected. Yep. Yep, you are. H. Allen writes in and says, so was it the Jehovah Fire Department shiv? Haha. Uh, for the Cloud Imperium fan art update, I'm at Jeff plus 42 level. I don't create content, but I do consume it. I don't like the idea of creators being hogtied in any form. I think as long as it's free to consume, like Sitcon, right, there's no foul. Star Citizen is a talented community. I believe that the fan kit dump makes Cloud Imperium free to incorporate or order a takedown. Whatever's created by the fan base free of charge without source credit. Bottom line, it's a bad move that may get reversed once the first EULA infringement is made public and CR is forced to backtrack, like CitizenCon, right? Good show. I'm liking the new story sandwiched between GPR and feedback. Mmm, tasty. People keep bringing up that sandwich we left on Vallis's desk. That's the sandwich is now. That's the one he meant, right? I think so. Definitely, I think I think it is. And to to one of your points, H. Allen, yeah, this Star Trek a long time ago would take spec scripts, like in Star Trek: The Next Generation days in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Fans would send in a script and they would sort through them, and I think a couple of them got bought. I don't know if any of them were eventually made, but maybe they were. The point is that they had to stop taking spec scripts. Because the risk was that someone would have an original story and original characters that were either too close to or uh, um, maybe even too closely inspired by other IPs. And so if any of them, if any of the people in the official production used any of those ideas, they were being, they were vulnerable then to a copyright lawsuit from the person that wrote in that spec script. Yeah, they could be tardigrated. They could be tardigrated, exactly. So uh, the question is that, or, you know, part of the reason why they want this control is to not be tardigraded. Uh, and, but to, the, the flip side of that is, of course, no one's selling a spec script to CIG. Sorry, who's that again? Cloud Imperium. No one's, no one's trying to get a, a television show made by Cloud Imperium. People are just mostly writing stories or making stupid little podcasts. Uh, or but, awesome but podcasts. The, or awesome podcasts. Sean Newboy writes in and says, Wonderful show, everyone. Keep up the good work. Uh, for, que- uh, for community question one, total Jeff, of course. This is just an utter ignorant slut territory. I, I felt the same way about CBS's Star Trek decision as well. Fan fiction typically does more to help source material interests than hurt it. Well, other than the rule 
34 stuff, that's a mixed bag. Yeah, I think that's right on point, Sean Newboy. You anticipated our discussion very well. Is it lost on anyone that one character in the RPG seems to do better with roles than the rest, or is it just me? Who's that? Who's doing the best? I don't know, but... We all the, get ones. The, yeah, the, the dice roller does seem... It does seem funny. I mean, they say it's random, but sometimes there, it goes on streaks. Well, it does gets, go on streaks. Somebody who hacked gets, our Gibson... That's who's getting the best roles. Oh, I want to know. I want to know who, who gets the good roles. Who's getting good roles? It ain't me. I don't know. Whoever's getting them, it ain't me. I, mean, I, I get. I get. I get my. I get. Uh, I get tens and some opportunity mo- opportunity months, but I get like equal number of ones. I spend my karma quite a bit. Yeah, I, I. I don't know. I don't. I don't detect a pattern. Although sometimes, like I said, it gets streaky. Sometimes it's suspiciously streaky. Yeah, but, but I think. I think the whole karma thing like takes the sting out of it a lot, right? Uh, I mean, you yeah. have you're, you have yeah, a higher sure. chance of rolling a one in this game than you do, say, D and D, because of the uh, right. you're only doing D tens. But but the fact that you know, I don't think I've run out of karma before I run out of like ones that I care about, right? Yeah. And if you if you crit, I mean, if you crit fail twice, you roll a one and a one. There's like a it's it's a one percent chance of that happening, a ten percent chance of a ten percent chance. So really, really screwing up uh, is is rare and. And plus, because I don't really want to kill anybody and make them reroll characters, chances are the consequences will be more hilarious than than deadly. Thanks for uh, telling us. Now we can take more chances. You can. I, b- believe me, that makes good radio when you guys try and it screws up. It's fantastic. <laughs> see, see, <laughs> trying to crack into a building from anywhere but we the got door. in that, that was pretty great. We did get in, and we got them no. staplers. <laughs> no wall will 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 sustain the uh, first contact. We came, we saw. T- t- <laughs> uh, Benu writes in and says, "I guess I just watched AT- ATV differently when I watched the bit about the female animations. You know, the, the bit at the 720 mark. I, I heard him talking about the general process flow for a particular animation. First, they use the animation tool, then they try and tweak it, and then they'd fall back to shooting more mocap." In other words, I didn't hear, oh yeah, we're totally going back later and redoing all the female animations in mocap. It didn't sound like he was talking about their current progress. For what it's worth, I stopped at the part where Tony said he wouldn't read the new Star Citizen disclaimer. Seriously, adding 10 seconds of lawyer speak is too hard for the lawyer, especially on a podcast where the first three minutes is boilerplate with the same (laughs) intro music. Listen to our other podcasts, etc. Anyway, I'm I'm taking a break from you guys. It's just it just hasn't been fun to listen. I'd like to say That's our boilerplate intro. On, so. There are subtle differences. We read it every time, and you guys, uh, there there are definitely differences to listen to. Well, <laughs> I have to agree, I have to agree with. Uh, with with Benu on the first part of his, his statement here, because that's exactly what I heard and tried to iterate last week about them not going back to redo everything with mocap. This was the the, the process they laid out, and that's what I was trying to get across. So that, that's just not what we got from it. But you, you could be right; he could be right. I don't know. We'll see with time. But I, I'm not saying I'm 100. percent I told you when I said it. I was watching the video, and I'm like, that's what I get from it. I might be wrong. Uh-huh. It's an interpretation of what was said. I would like clarification, but I, you know, I get what he's, where he's coming from there. Ben, it will be back when you're ready to come back. We're not going anywhere, so take a break. That's cool. We'll be here. We'll be here. And I, I'd also like to point out that Kin Shadow wasn't here for like a month, and that's probably driving the decrease in entertainment value. See our entire parody discussion earlier that we've sprinkled throughout the show now. So much good fun. And then uh, just one little point on the whole boilerplate thing. 
we know, I know it's boring. I know it's repetitive. But the thing is, is that just because you've listened to the show a hundred times or what, we're almost at 250 now, doesn't mean everybody has. And we always, we do get new listeners. And the boilerplate is for the people that are, are new to the show. And if and once you've heard it three or four times, feel free to skip past it. I think his point was that you're not the the fact that you don't want to you're saying no to Spencer doing fan fiction in in the verse uh, simply because you don't want to read the ten second of boilerplate that goes along with the uh, you know the opening. It's not ten seconds though. He read it Uh, earlier and it was longer than that. uh, Whatever. It's at least twelve and a half. And I think you got to draw the line somewhere. But, but 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 that's the point, though. It's like he doesn't even have to read it. I mean, we already have a intro and an outro, right? It's it's just text stuck on somewhere. Can't you even can't you even just put this in the description of the podcast, or does it have to be an audio? It doesn't say. It doesn't say, which means that it's on me, the content quote content creator, to go seek out their permission to do my show. Not interested. And the boilerplate at the front is a service for our listeners. The new ones, the ones who haven't listened to us 200 times already. If you want to know more about stuff here, come come talk to us. You want to listen to some other stuff that's like us? Here are some other podcasts that we kind of are involved with. Here's what's coming on to the show. That, the boilerplates are not a service for us. It's a service for, uh, for Pod Imperium. And we, and we would do it for like 20 or 30 seconds of Jeff reading some con- some little bit of content. We'd, we would put on a boilerplate thing for you know a minute of airtime. Out of a, out of an hour and a half long show, I, it, it's a trade off. You don't have to read it up front, though. I mean, you could literally stick it after the bloopers. I don't know that. It doesn't say in the thing. It says if you have a podcast, you got to do this. Well, that's then what, you're fulfilling the terms of the contract by putting it after the bloopers. How do you? Oh, are you sure that that's okay with them? Because it doesn't say that's okay with them. Well, it doesn't Remember, matter. This is, fulfill- it's a contract. Is, if no, you're doing not. that, you're fulfilling the terms of the contract. A contract is a mutual set of promises. Everything in this is unilateral. Everything about this is, please do these things. Oh, and we still have the sole discretion to yank your chain. Everything about this is very unilateral. It's a license. It's not a contract. And they have sole discretion to pull your license whenever and however they feel like it. That's, I mean, and that's, and that's fine. And that's fine. Standard, if it were, if they didn't have this out there, that's how it would be anyway. They could send a cease and desist for any time that we use, use their stuff. So what's the problem? Would Why don't we stick? just not Maybe care not. and let them throw a cease and desist at us if they want to? And then we could talk about that for three years. It'd be awesome. Because we've we've been warned. We've been warned that this is how things are supposed to be now. So if I was to take a show and just do that, what would be the consequence to me? The cease and desist letter. And if you don't cease and desist, they sue you. Right. But if you put that cease and desist letter on the wall and frame it because it's cool and then stop doing it, isn't that all right? Or is that not okay to, like, tempt fate that way? To be like, no, I'm just going to do it, and if they complain, I'll stop. I don't want to mess with it. Hmm. There's nothing stopping them from suing you. I think I think the only no. thing, that, the only thing that, that, that this does is an argument in court. You know, it doesn't even decide anything, but it's one argument in court if they get around to suing you, right? Like, you blatantly, you blatantly... You know, if your argument in court is I'm a fan project, you know, I should be able to do this fan projecty thing. You let other people do it, and and oh. they, they would say, well, we do do that, and we have conditions, and you didn't okay. even yeah. uphold those. Right, right. The, 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 I believe, and again, I'm not you know educational in terms of educational entertainment purposes only. I believe what that is is that without something like this, you could claim in some respects fair use. Some respects. It's almost always going to be 100% clearly a derivative work, so I don't know how much you can get away with that. But at least, but without this out there, you might be able to get away with it a little bit. 
for elite dangerous or they for them for them not caring ish right it's just that but for them it's that they haven't done this and they don't seem to mind people doing what they're doing right now and in fact with the our edrpg stuff we've been encouraged we've been provided with materials to go make our game you haven't been provided by any kind of um permission or material from frontier themselves though right so frontier no. could still sue you for for using uh trademarks on air or something like that right well, more than likely, what they do is they go on their licensee. They they talk to their licensee first and say, "It sounds like you give them permission." That as either that's either a component of your license, which is cool, or maybe it's not a component of their license, which is not cool. In which case, they'd put the onus on Spider Mind to go take care of it, and it, w- it would flow down that way because Spider Mind has either done something that's cool within their license or exceeded it, and so Frontier would be like, "Those guys are using stuff, and they say they got it from you." We gave you a certain set of permissions. Didn't include that. Go fix it. This is your problem. It would go. To, it would roll downhill like that. So, yeah. But I mean, but unless and until something like that happens, most fans are going to assume that it's probably fine. Same with kind of the Twitch stream thing we talked about earlier. Unless and until you get a, a, a nasty gram, it's probably fine. All I'm saying is for this show, this to it to me is more work than what we would the the the, the cost benefit analysis. This disclaimer, jumping through the hoops, for one or two stories in an hour and a half long podcast, I don't see the trade-off. Agree to disagree. Okay. We'll have the discussion again, I'm sure. Elwick writes in, I don't know, guys, wouldn't sweat the CIG fun embargo. I don't think ordering orgs to take down silly lore posts or a podcast to stop reporting on inverse going-ons is a valuable effort. Just don't take their fan pack or sign anything. Let them be the bad guys. You have a pretty big voice to denounce such a move. Sort of sounds like Derek helped Tony put some cat poo-poo in his own sandbox. We are not at five-alarm corporate-level greasy just yet. For the record, Henry, I have fairly deep roots in the AGS community, and Tardigrades was in the works long before anyone spoke of that TV show I have never been interested in watching. So, wait, so do the terms not apply if you're not using the information that's in the fan kit? No, it's still, no, the, the fan kit is... When you order the it, fan yeah. kit, you you abide by the by the terms right. of the agreement. But the the podcast stuff is a separate thing. That's a separate section. Okay. So okay. So the, what we're talking about is still there. It's it's part of their fandom uh, frequently asked questions. So there's the, the fan kit is like a subset of all their quote licensing things gotcha. that they're doing. I'd like to respond Please. to Elwook too, real quick. I totally agree with you. You're right. Uh, everything I was saying was sarcasm there. Like, I made one comment on the last show that uh, Star Trek had taken that, but it was really snarky and sarcastic. I thought that was apparent. But, yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I'm, I'm not uh, arguing that point. Yeah, so just real quick, Tardigrades was a Steam Greenlight thing. Uh, Steam Greenlight has a blue Tardigrade space monster, space drive, whatever. Uh, Star Trek Discovery allegedly took some elements from that. Henry made a joke that maybe it went the other way. Ha ha. But, but the first the video game was clearly published first. So and we'll see how that goes. Wordchall writes in and says, Regarding CI's restriction on using the fan kit, don't those only apply to the use of the fan kit? We already asked that. Uh, were you planning to use ship models and Squadron 42 logos on the podcast? I would have titled the episode Mountains Out of Molehills. Ah, ha, ha. Yeah, no. I think we just addressed that, but yeah, it's there's a separate part that has anything to do with fan fiction and, and stuff like that. 
Stephen Hunter UK writes, Looking at the fan kit with my limited legal knowledge, I think that the restriction is in formal publication of fan fiction, i.e. you actually get it together in a book and sell it on Amazon, say as a charity anthology. They're not going to go after short stories on blogs because that would be st stupid from a PR move. However, anything that damages the brand could be targeted, say of the Girls Scream Aloud variety. Also, anything that's sufficiently high quality to rival the main IP is going to be a potential problem for them. The Star Trek restrictions came in as Star Trek DSC was being developed, after all. And I appreciate him not just calling it STD, because that's a bad, the worst name ever for Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> STDSC. That's better than STD. So the 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 fan, the the fan fiction thing, to my knowledge, again, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that everybody has to include these things, and you're not allowed to sell fan fiction. Period. You can you have to go to them and request permission to do anything that you're selling. It's not about books on Amazon. This that's not what the fan kit's for. Or technically, even publishing. Technically. Yeah, physical items. Yeah, yeah. Fan fiction is permitted on the condition that the author submit his fiction to RSI and sign a related release agreement, which memorializes a promise between the writer and RSI that the writer will not attempt to assert any claim against RSI or its affiliates based on the fan fiction. So, I mean, this is any character or whatever that's in there that they somehow use or make a derivative of, you're just giving everything to them. And this is any fan fiction at all, whether you're selling it or not. So... Rex Gray says, great show, guys. With regards to CI's community restrictions, it feels like they're trying to establish control over the creative evolution of their universe, even if they have to cripple it. I thought fostering a lively world people want to make their own stories in was one of the core goals to Star Citizen. This really sounds like the opposite. To have creativity now, maybe every group will need their own Tony looking out for them. Back home in Elite Dangerous, I hope not everyone's out doing distant worlds. They do remember there's this whole Thargoid invasion going on, right? And Seath needs protecting. We have to keep it great. There's an awful lot of jumps if something goes down. I just think I'll stay put and enjoy the postcards. Keep up the great work, guys. I'll see you in the black. P.S. Did I hear Spencer call Clemens a GFR director on GPR last week? Can't wait to hear that story. Yes. Clemens is... Yeah, you heard that right. You're the first person to say anything, but yeah, you heard that right. Uh, and then... Um, yeah, the Thargoid thing, it's still going on. I'm wondering how they're going to protect against the invasions with all the active players out there in the deep in the deep black. Maybe that's the time the Thargoids will strike and the Distant Worlds was put on by the Fargod, Fargod cult to get us all out of uh, town. Or Clearly. it is Distant Worlds was staged by uh, Inara to uh, find a colony on the other side of the galaxy. Conspiracy theories abound. I, excellent. <laughs> Very good. Very good conspiracy theories. Commander Wotherspoon writes in and says, The coverage we're seeing for Distant Worlds 2 in the press is amazing. We even have an article in this week's print edition of Scientific American. Wow. Uh, one of my friends accidentally shut her, her thrusters when leaving the view and crashed back onto the surface. Someone happened to be filming, so she's now featured in one of Charlie Hall's articles in Polygon That's with cool. thousands of views on Reddit. We now have more than 13,000 commanders taking part. Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield had, has wished us, uh, and he stops. <laughs> well, I assume well. I hope his thrusters yes. didn't cr cut out and he just, like, plopped and pancaked <laughs> into the, the view. That's awful. Uh, no, that's great. No, they, uh, we, uh, we ha I have noticed some very positive coverage in the real world. Speaking of the difference between real-world coverage and, and fake coverage, uh, fictional coverage, yeah, the, no, the real-world press has picked up on this, as they sometimes do when Elite does things that are, you know, kind of cool and, and big, so... 
13,000, that's a lot. I mean, I know 3,000 participated in the community goal. Uh, so that's, wow, that's that's a lot of players doing the same thing. That's awesome. Uh, no new Patreon, no new random winner, and nothing Tony really wants to say. This week's community question, do you drive in the Daymar Rally? And otherwise, we're out of ideas. What do you want us to talk about? And uh, how was the show? Did you guys miss Brian as much as we did? Or should we all start taking rotating four-week vacations? Never. Or maybe simultaneous ones. Uh, drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 245 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 246 on February 5th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist and master web slinger, Ben Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey, Lennon, and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. This is Tony, Flight Deck Part 2, Sync 1. This is Jeff, Flight Deck Part B, Sync 2. This is Ken Shadow, Flight Deck Part 2B, Sync 3. <laughs> this is Henry, Flight Deck, The Return <laughs> of the Flight Deck. Of the Flight Deck. I said Flight Deck, The Return of the Flight yeah, Deck, the Son return. of Flight Deck, Part 2. <laughs> Flight Deck part Junior. Junior. <laughs> All right, let's let's un- unwreck this train in three, two. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the moot, the novel. Priority One covers all. Th- Stop! Stop it! Stop! <laughs> Are you waiting on me? <laughs> yeah, because you're the one that's next. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to scroll. Eight minute long intro. <laughs> Engage number two. That's the only reason to do Who, it. Who's CIG again? Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Right. They dropped the G. Yeah. Yeah. They released no games. G. I forgot they released games. <laughs> the games have come out of the name. But the games have come out <laughs> of the name. Okay. Let's I told you I was going to work on that joke. <laughs> I got to laugh finally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, see, you see what a little editing, what a little tightening up can do? It goes from a flat to a, okay, okay. Did we miss Brian? That's a good community question. No, that's terrible. Don't ever ask that on the internet. <laughs> don't don't do that. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to have more guilt about missing these shows when I have to do. No, um, no, no. It's not about it's not about guilt. We just don't want you missing uh, anymore. So if guilt works, I take that back. If guilt works, yeah. then let's go with it. Let's go with it then. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs>